Hi, Filmatics. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we have a very special guest. We have James Fox. James Fox is, wow, he does a lot of stuff. He's an award-winning screenwriter, director, producer, and a book author. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Marilyn. Uh, I'm excited to be a film addict. <laughs> yeah, we have such a great audience that is enjoying our spectacular guests like you. And I want to um, let everyone know, where are you um, streaming live with us today from? Uh, I'm about 20 minutes outside of Yosemite National Park, actually, right now. So, oh, uh, what is that like? Yosemite? Yeah, I've never been there. Is that with all the big trees? Yeah, yeah, it's and it's beautiful right now. Uh, we got a little dusting of snow last night, so uh, everything's just sparkling and 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 beautiful. So uh, it's really great. If you haven't been to Yosemite, you really should check it out. I think I personally think it's the most beautiful place on earth. Oh wow! And and like how how are those are some of the biggest trees in the world, or is that the other place with the tallest trees? It, it definitely has some of the biggest trees. Uh, the giant sequoias, uh, you know, the general Sherman tree. Um, you know, it's it's got it's got all those big redwoods and sequoias, so it's it's uh it's pretty fun, pretty um, good place. The General Sherman tree, wow! That they could have a whole movie about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And is that the place where you drive the cars through the tree, or no? That's it. Uh, you know what? That was the place that you could drive through the the, the tree. Um, but I believe that that tree fell down actually just recently, um, oh. just from the the years of car pollution. Um, it, uh, it finally killed the tree and I think it fell down. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I seem to recall hearing about that. Oh man, you mean the car pollution killed the tree. Oh gosh, what a world we live in. The good, the bad, and the ugly, but hopefully you're going to share some amazing things with our audience today, which I know you will. And, um, I want to ask you growing up, what is one of your favorite childhood films? Oh God, that's such a hard question. Um, you know, obviously Star Wars was, you know, uh, just a huge inspiration for me and, and my career. Um, I think I watched the Goonies like every single day. It was kind of like my, my mantra, you know, I would like wake up and like meditate to the Goonies and then go about my day. I love um, the Goonies. Oh yeah. The Goonies <laughs> is the best ever. <laughs> Even though there were yeah, I mean, girls in there, I pretended like I was one of the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just one of those films where it was very indicative of, of my childhood growing up, you know, just kind of like running around with my friends, you know, uh, doing kind of whatever we wanted and making up stories to, to have adventures with every day. So, um, you know, I think that that was very uh, formative for my childhood. Oh, yeah. I mean, such a cute film, Goonies. And oh, my God, I love all them. Gremlins, bed knobs and broomsticks, you name it. Uh, I, I, I watch. I love all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and it's kind of funny because like when we grew up, I guess like I'm a little bit older, you but uh, we played outside and we played, you know, you know, whatever things like we were like, you know, pirates, Indian, if you're allowed to say if you're a pirate or Indian or cowboy or whatever you were. But now they have like film to do it on like TikTok or Instagram. So they're kind of doing the same thing. But like, actually making money from it right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we were playing with uh, our mom's pots and pans out in the out in the mud in the field uh, and now kids are shooting films at, you know, age 8. Yeah, it's it's a it's a wild world we live in. Exactly, pots and pans on rocks and making mud villages and mud people out of clay. I'd make clay people. <laughs> and and climbing the trees and uh and you know, I remember falling from a tree 
And I thought I was going to, I just was like, oh my God, I'm falling, I'm falling. And I was like, that, that, that was it. And I'm going to get in trouble for being in the tree and falling. I was, so scared <laughs> of, I was so scared that my dad would kill me for knowing that. And then I landed into a pile of leaves and somehow I made it. Nothing was broken. And I think I, I must, I don't know if I had an angel or someone gently landed me on these leaves. But, um, but yeah, it's, those were the best days playing outdoors and just really playing, you know, and just enjoying yourself. Oh, outside. yeah. But uh, so I want to talk to you, like, uh, you know, because you have this fantastic career. And I was wondering, do you possibly have like a favorite Criterion film that possibly inspired you to go on your film path as a filmmaker? Um, you know, there, there's a huge collection. I mean, I could sit here and like rattle off like some of the greats, you know, um, growing up, I, I got obsessed with Hitchcock films, um, just the the way the camera participated in the story was was just insane to me i loved it even at, at a young age i remember reacting to to you know the camera work and and everything uh kurosawa obviously uh as i got into film school it really kind of kind of helped shape and define how i interpret characters and and um you know influenced me as a director so i mean everything on the list um I actually just reviewed that list uh, a couple days ago, and I was surprised to see Armageddon on it, Michael Bay's film. Um, I loved that film growing up, <laughs> so uh, that you know that definitely was like I, I, I find myself quoting that film uh, even to this day pretty regularly. So I guess <laughs> I guess technically, if I had to pick one right now, it would be Armageddon. Oh my um, gosh, Armageddon! Well, you got to give me some quotes because everyone's been like, "Oh, he says he quotes it. He didn't give us any quotes." So you have to, you know, <laughs> they're gonna want to hear. <laughs> uh, I, I think the one that I uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I, <laughs> I there, there, there's there's a, a Steve Buscemi line in it uh, where he's writing the the nuclear weapon or whatever, and he he says a line. Uh, you can go up there and take a look at it. I'm not going to say it over the air, but uh, right. I, I wind up saying it pretty regularly, um, just being silly as like non sequiturs. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a good quotable movie. <laughs> and I, I love Steve Buscemi. He's such a, a a great like actor. He does. I, I mean, and especially Mr. Pink. Come on now. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's like, yeah. why do I have to be stuck with the name Mr. Pink in the movie? Gosh, but I mean, and, and Living Oblivion. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. Where like everything oh. goes wrong on the independent movie set that can go wrong, and he was the director. I mean, it just reminded me because I don't know about you. I'm I'm an indie filmmaker making every film with no money, doing everything by myself, and somehow like I when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, and the milk that he drank, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you could just you, solidarity. I mean, you every independent filmmaker can kind of look at that and be like, yep, I've been there. <laughs> and the pain when you don't have enough money. <laughs> Oh, right. You're like, why am I doing this for the love of art? <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've been down the road where you know we were like, okay, uh, who's the healthiest of us and who doesn't need their kidney? Um, <laughs> yeah, we got to get this film made. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. And you also liked Breakfast Club, which is wow, what incredible! It takes place in one one right, the one room location. Uh, it's in one location, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, again, it was another one of those films where it, it kind of like shaped me as, 
as a, as a kid, you know, I, I kind of hate saying that because it's such a, it's such a weird movie, but, uh, you know, like I, it's definitely one that I like watched and like, you know, uh, developed as a, as a small human being around these characters and, and, and such a great character journey. Right. I mean, like the breakfast club's all about the, the characters. So, you know, they, those were my friends growing up. Like I knew them so well, they were like, they lived down the street from me, you know, it, it, I think that especially like in the 80s and 90s, when it was all about characters, um, you know, you you really bonded with them. They were, you know, I moved around a lot as a kid. So, uh, you know, these were like my my staple friends. They were the people that I knew the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I moved so, around a lot too. Was your dad in the military by any chance? Uh, he wasn't. We just uh, we just moved. We wound up moving around a lot. I, I I'm not sure why. Um, it's just one of those uh, California families that like to kind of hop around a bit. Oh, okay, yeah, because it was hard being like a new person at school. It was real tough. Like, oh, talk about like you're new, you don't know anyone, and you try to make a first friend and going to that lunchroom where you're like, I hope somebody sits with me. Please don't let me sit by myself. Oh my god, this is so torturous. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that Breakfast Club, you were just like, I know these people. Yep. And I know that person yep. that, you know, does that hair stuff and also the nose stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember in high school, I, you know, there was like the, one of the kids that did the like dandruff thing, you know, where he's like just scratching his hair and like watching the dandruff fall. Like, I remember sitting there watching him going, oh man, like, I recognize this, this behavior, you know, and, and walked up to him and was like, hey, let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're also maybe going, I'm so glad that there's six feet social distance right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those movies and like the John Hughes films, like I remember the 16 Candles, you're like, oh, Molly Ringwald, come on. And all those oh, actors, yeah. you know, and Iron Man, you know, what was it? Um, below what was it below or iron what was it below zero or what was it um not true romance but um robert downey jr's film when there was the three of them in that movie do you know what i'm talking about oh yeah i think um, i have to go someone's gonna have to google that's when we need our live audience uh, I, I need that like on conan or those uh, talk show where they have like their their person that can google yeah. everything live on here like i have a system yeah. can you like google that for me real quick and the english person because i always have an english person now oh yes i got it oh yeah it was blah 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 blah. but my dog <laughs> does not know how to use her paws on the computer world so, um so you know so yeah i mean all those films like you know mannequin weird science you know um even like you know the, the kind of crazier ones like romancing the stone you know like it's just all those like kind of cool character driven adventure type films you know whether it was an adventure in a relationship or treasure hunting you know with like romancing the stone or goonies uh big trouble in little china that's another one that just like i watched it all the time oh yeah you know so many people love big trouble and and um and, uh, big trouble in little china right what what a, what a uh, mm -hmm. you know up and, yeah like what is it yin and yang <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah and um when you said the mannequin oh my god that brings up so many man the mannequin wow <laughs> that was a good one right i mean that brings you back mm -hmm. and what was that movie there was actually um charles Ball, uh, what was it what's his name bossling did a movie where he had that doll like his he uh, he ordered a doll that came to his house. It was really cool. Hmm. Yeah, like where he had the doll, like he ordered a doll online and he that was his friend. It was a real trippy movie, but it was really great. 
um yeah so um but anyhow <laughs> but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna uh look up that movie because I, I i it's one of my favorite movies of robert downey jr while we we continue to well, um can you share with us some like because you're a director and i was wondering do you can you share a favorite director that you love in um a film shot that stands out to you Oh, goodness. Um, well, I mean, obviously I've got a list, you know, like Lucas and Spielberg and Howard and, you know, all those guys, because I grew up with them. I grew up with their films. Uh, you know, they shaped me as a storyteller. Uh, I love Joss Whedon. I love the way he handles character. Um, you know, again, it's another one of those, I'm a very character based storyteller. So, you know, um, everything that Joss Whedon touches, the characters just come alive. Uh, so yeah i mean you know nolan is great uh there's just there's so many i feel like we're really spoiled as a as a generation of 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 uh you know moviegoers because just so many good stories are being told um shots favorite shots wow there's so many um i you know hmm that's a tough one i i feel like that would that would that would take a lot of like qualifiers like my favorite shot for you know single shot is this my favorite shot for visual effects is this um i guess the my the shot that moved me the most i think recently was the shot in the the new star wars film where uh the the rebels go into uh you know they 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 warp away they go into light speed and uh, they like punch it through one of the star destroyers and they like rip it in half and that like that shot uh, that did of the visual effects where you know it, the the star destroyer just gets like shredded uh i just i loved it i loved it so much i i remember gasping in the theater and like a tear coming to my eye uh just over how pretty the shot was um it it, it, in a way, it was bad because it totally removed me, the filmmaker, from the like immersion of the story, and I just sat there and like, you know, really freaked out over the shot. Um, what? Yeah, what an know, incredible it, shot! Wow, like that's a good one. No one's ever told us about that one, and the, the skill and the craftsmanship to to go into that shot where where it's just so beautiful, you you know, and stunning the way just the master um, filmmaker behind that, that was able to storyboard that and be the director of that vision and able to carry that out. Cause sometimes, you know, like uh, we were talking about how like films in the seventies and eighties, more like the directorship had more control. And now like, it's, it seems like it's more corporate. So there's probably more, more uh, hats on the table. Maybe a lot of, you know, more people, you know, telling, telling you what to do as opposed to what you may be able to do. So to see, um, a shot like that get executed, like you said, it just, it just, you just look at it and go, wow. You know, I mean, it's stunning. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. And you know, there, there's a lot of science that goes into it too. Like the way they flash the screen in, in an otherwise dark setting where it makes your eyes dilate real quick and then it goes away. Like, you know, there's so much that goes into a shot like that that just makes you physically feel what's happening. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. Uh, I love it when, when the the science and storytelling kind of smash together into filmmaking to create something unique and, and amazing. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that shot. Everyone's gonna go watch that film too and uh, go look at that and study that, which is, you know, you study the masters, it's, that's what you do so you can learn and grow and 
and uh, to, you know, learn from the best. Uh, that's what I believe. And oh, uh, my assistant, uh, hello, lovely English assistant. Oh, yes, um, he wants to tell you it was uh, less than zero, Robert Downey's film. Remember less than zero? There you go. Yeah, less than zero. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, thank you, Hilda. <laughs> we have fun on our show, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I just you know, going through memory lane. I, you know, it's geez, it's. I spent so much time watching movies as a kid. I, I, I think I lived in a. I actually worked in a movie theater just out of high school. Um, and so there's, fun. there's a, there's, yeah, there was a good like two years where I just I watched everything. Oh, um, where where did you where did you grow up? Like, were you in LA? You were in LA somewhere, right? Uh, I was in Central California, in a little in the raisin capital of the world, Selma. So, uh, oh, it yeah, has raisins! Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you do? So, did you, have you written a story about raisins yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I will say that that my hometown has definitely like made its way into a lot of my stories. You know, a lot of the. A lot of the the kind of small town hometown feel uh, something that I really resonate with, and uh, you know it, it definitely has influenced my storytelling. Yeah, well, we love character driven stories, and they're always um, you know amazing to watch. And right now, I think people are hungry for them. Like when I say hungry, they're they 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 need them because there's so much big action, you know, explosions, and you know, like action based. So people do fall in love with characters and action-driven stories because, you know, we all love them. Like like the Queen's Gambit, right? The story about a, a girl yes. in an orphanage that's a, a chess player. And I believe that that was passed on by a lot of people, kind of like the Rockies of the world. Like, I like to, uh, do you like my script? And I want to act in it. Well, good luck with that. See ya. Don't let the door hit you in the behind. <laughs> you know? uh -huh. But then when totally. they're made, there's something magical about passionate filmmakers that have this vision that wrote this screenplay that has such heart and soul so i i really love that there's more streaming and hopefully they'll embrace new new talented filmmakers which is my goal here on this channel is to hopefully discover new talent in all their fields whether you're a woman a man or you know and mo because everyone here has been working so hard and most of us are hyphens we had to write direct produce act you know do everything with little budget or no budget. So I want to ask you, so, you know, how did you start your career path? You were watching films in high school at a theater. And, uh, you know, I heard that you actually studied genetics engineering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I was I was a science kid uh, growing up. And uh, I actually, when I graduated high school, I went into a genetic engineering program. Uh, and it was interesting like I, I i wanted to cure cancer that was growing up that's all i wanted to do um and uh i was it was like three o'clock in the morning one night in the lab i was watching slime crawl across glass and i was all by myself and i said what am i doing uh, i can't i can't do this uh so i left the program uh didn't know what i was gonna do uh left a lot left scholarship money on the table like just totally walked away much to my parents dismay and oh, wow um, my goodness you had a scholarship you the slime, yeah. the slime, the slime. Did you see art in the slime? Did you see something in the slime? <laughs> I saw everything in the slime. Uh, <laughs> I, just, yeah, I would do everything to keep myself entertained while, while I was, uh, you know, in this program. And it wasn't a bad program. It's just I just way too social for for uh, something like that. So um, and then I, I kind of stumbled into the filmmaking as a career. Uh, a friend called me up and needed a ride to an audition. She was down in L.A. Uh, had moved away to to pursue an acting career, 
and she needed a ride to an audition. So I, I, she was in town and I drove her. And when I got there, they kind of took her away and they're like, you need to come over here and you need to go over here. And I was like, uh, okay. And I was waiting for her to finish. So I just went with these people, uh, PAs, I guess, and got put in a holding room with like 50 other people who looked like me, handed a script and told which lines that I needed to read. And I'd be ready in five minutes with my scene partner. And I, like, I didn't do drama in high school. I was never in a play. I didn't even do choir. I was a band and sports kid. So <laughs> I was like, I started to freak out. And the my scene partner uh, really wanted the part. I had no idea what was going on. And uh, I played high school football. So, I, you know, I'm very into, like, team sports. I didn't want to let my teammate down. So I was like, well, okay, I'll just memorize this really fast and I'll do the best that I can, dude. I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm not an actor. Um, anyway, so the next day I got a call back and uh, wound up landing the part for the Leeds flashback character in a Vietnam War film uh, and subsequently lost the friend that I drove to the audition because she didn't get a call back and she was very upset. But um, anyway, it, it, so I, I, did the, I did the film. I figured, why not? I'm not doing anything else. And um, the <laughs> it was such a cool experience. It was an indie film. It was amazing. Uh, I got to meet some really cool people uh it was it was based on a real person and he was actually there so we had like three generations of this character we had the original guy we had his like you know contemporary representation and then me as his flashback so i got to hear all these cool stories and uh it just like i don't know i loved it the acting was hard it was the hardest job i've ever had um i've never run so much in my life and uh <laughs> as a football player what that says a lot you were running around your oh my gosh <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was nuts it was it was nuts it was so much running and, and craziness and like i got to jump out of a helicopter which was so much fun um but uh the the part that i loved was when i would rap for the day i would become a pa for the director and i just like bring him his coffee hold his clipboard you know like you know follow him around and just watch what he was doing uh, and I fell in love with it. I was like, my, this, this looks amazing. Like he's basically getting to play D and D with real people out and set with costumes and whatever. And, uh, so I, I decided like, that's what I want. Like if you can get paid to do this, if this is a job, a career, I want it. Um, I get to play it on my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I applied to film schools and kind of like the rest was history. I mean, I just, I've been obsessed with it ever since. Wow. So you had this, you were technically discovered by taking your friend to an audition. You were so kind to drive her to an audition. And and then like the universe seemed to like give you your direction, like, or whatever you want to call it, you know, like your, your destiny was handed to you that day. So you could choose this direction and you went to film school. Can you share with us the film school that you went to, if you like? Oh, for sure. I, I went to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Uh, wonderful film school. I mean, they put a camera in my I, I had been in class maybe five minutes uh, and they had already handed me a film camera. So nice. Uh, no time it was like awesome. the present. Sink or swim. Get going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, it, was, it was a very tough school, but, uh, you know, still to this day, I could take apart a film camera inside a camera bag with exposed film. And, uh, you know, as a director, I'm not a cinematographer at all, but you know, they taught us everything. It was, it was great. I had a wonderful time there. Oh, beautiful. And so, um, so some of the obstacles, so, you know, uh, how did you, what was your first, did you, your first project in film school? Cause, uh, you said that you, 
you know, it's, it's expensive to go to, to school and college and stuff. But you had some obstacles. Okay. Do, you mind, do you mind sharing with us some of the hardships that you had to overcome? No, no, not at all. Uh, I think I think that it's very important to share the bad uh, of of people's journeys. Uh, all too often, people kind of focus on like you know how good they are at everything. Um, I like sharing the bad because uh, you know, especially the film industry, it's hard. I mean, it's it's purposefully designed to keep people out. So um, I think a lot of people kind of like you know butt their heads against the wall and then give up. Um, Going to film school, I mean, it was tough. It was an expensive school. Uh, it was in San Francisco. It's an expensive place to live. Uh, I had burned through all of my scholarship money previously or abandoned it when I changed majors. Um, you know, it just it wound up being a very, very tough decision with uh, riddled with challenges. So, you know, I mean, I I almost starved to death twice, uh, you know, like just had, hadn't eaten in you know, solid food in weeks, uh, if not a month. Uh, I remember working and filling my stomach up with water just to get rid of the hunger pains wow. so I could keep working. I worked three jobs. Um, you know, uh, there was there was a time where I couldn't even afford to ride the bus home from work after working a 72-hour shift and uh, wound up sleeping on the street in Chinatown because I was just exhausted and uh, malnourished and couldn't, couldn't get home. So I just dropped down right there on... Uh, the main street in Chinatown and slept up against the wall for a couple hours and finished my walk home. So, you know, it, it's tough. Um, you know, I, I, even with how tough it was though, I could not stop. I, I you know, I, there was no way I was going to drop out. There was no way I was going to, you know, every time I wound up with a, a few extra bucks, it went to buying props for my next project or, or hiring an actor or, you know, something to try to make my projects better. So, yep. you know, um, I think that the, the challenges are what make our characters, right? Just like in our, in our projects or, or in our scripts or our films, you know, we throw stones at our characters. Um, and we have, you know, I, I have a lot of empathy for my characters because of what I went through to get to where I am. Um, and so every time I beat up a character, I'm like, I feel you. <laughs> Yeah, and um, so so you then you did you then you did have success. Can you share us how you got your um how you how you did get that some success? Starting to things got turned turned around for you. Well, I was just uh, I think perseverance more than anything else. I just uh, you know I just I kept fighting, kept grinding, and uh, you know started getting jobs. Uh, I was still in school when I got booked for a, a commercial gig uh, to direct, and. Um, directed a um you know uh, a pretty sizable three commercial spot for a, a large company and loved every second of it and and did a, a reasonably good job with the turnaround and everything that we had we we did three company moves in one day it was nuts um but uh and then just uh on and on and on uh wrote and uh directed a a feature film uh and several shorts uh yeah and it's just been you know like seizing opportunity after opportunity from from there on out um uh, right now i'm i'm attached to direct two horror films they'll be my first horror films actually congratulations uh, thank you thank you yeah and uh we were we were getting ready to shoot, and then you know COVID hit and has kind of put everything on hold. But uh, it uh, it opened up other opportunities. 
Yeah, and you have this beautiful novel, um, the Soul Saga. Can you tell us a little bit about the, your 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 novel? Yeah, sure. Um, it's my first novel. Um, you know, published during during uh, this year, January, uh, first part of January, and wrote it. You know, kind of during COVID, it was you know one of those opportunities that kind of presented itself, uh, and it's uh, it's pretty fun. Set two hundred years in the future. Uh, Mankind is kind of spread out amongst the system and a kind of conspiracy happens that sparks the beginning of a revolution slash civil war. So uh, pretty socially topical, uh, very character based. So if you're into into some of the stuff that I've talked about as far as characters go, you should check it out. Yeah. And so can you tell everyone where they can keep up with you? Um, you have a website, right, Jamie? James? Yeah, uh, thejamesfox.com. Um, that's a good place to, uh, you can su subscribe to the newsletter there or whatever, or uh, I'm on Instagram uh, at jamesbfoxofficial. Um, and that, you know, has a link tree with all of the cool different links all the way around. Uh, my Goodreads page, the uh, Amazon page for my book, and uh, even a merch page that's uh, fresh and new. Oh, yeah, we got, um, I'm sure our fans will support you. And um, real quickly, can you tell us, like, or, or about to um, get cut off, but your film that won the award? Uh, several, actually. The the most recent and, and I think most successful is a screenplay, a, a television pilot that I wrote uh, that's actually based in the same universe as my book. Uh, so I took the, the pilot script and turned it into the novel series. But uh, it's won something like... 30 awards, I think, at this point. Um, some pretty good ones, too. So uh, it's ranked on the red list at Coverfly pretty regularly. Um, and it's called Soul, S-O-L, just like the Soul Saga, but just just Soul. So Wow, um, spectacular. So uh, please, everyone, uh, thanks, Jamie, for, James, for coming on the show. And please check out the Soul Saga books. Two and three are coming out. And his website, thejamesfox.com. A really wonderful story. I really appreciate everyone listening today. Thank you, James, so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me.